Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of To The Point Podcast. Uh, this is our Saturday show, which means we will be recapping some uh, football from this Sunday. And I'm lucky enough to be joined today by program coordinator, friend of the show, um, and overall good guy, uh, my friend Matt Wright. He, like I say, he's a program coordinator for Champions Hockey. It's based in Fredericton, Miramichi, and throughout the uh, Atlantic provinces. But uh, Matt Ryder, uh, thanks for joining me today. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Jug. Uh, we go way back from uh, talking hockey and football at uh, St. Thomas, sitting in class, half paying attention and half just talking sports. So looking forward to uh, talking sports with you again today. Thanks for having me on. No, absolutely. Uh, so uh, before we start, just kind of tell people what, what you're doing at Champions and what you're doing for the uh, – kind of the up and coming uh, kids when it comes to playing hockey. Absolutely. So champions hockey was uh, started in 2007 by Dax McLean and Stacy Smallman. And it's uh, really taken off in the last uh, three, four years. So we have over a thousand kids on the ice with us uh, each year. And it ranges from kids who are four to five years old, who it's maybe their first time on the ice all the way up to our uh, pro group, which has NHL draft picks. Um, junior a major junior cis players so basically we work as a skill development company um whatever kids are looking to improve on power skating uh stick handling shooting um we do day camps uh week-long camps our champions uh, summer camp we do once a week or once a year for a full week uh kind of any anything anyone's looking for to improve their game we also have spring hockey teams in Fredericton and Miramichi between the two close to 30 teams at all age groups. So it keeps us busy throughout the year. Um, summer was really busy. We were on the ice probably six or seven times a day. Um, it was great to get back on the ice after no co or COVID kind of ruining spring hockey and the rinks being closed. It was great to get back on. And uh, right now coming up, we have just getting ready for the holidays. We're doing some skill development with some, uh, QMJHL players, since they're not playing right now with the season being postponed, we're on the ice with them. We have a on the ice with some prep school kids doing some early morning stuff with some uh, U11 players and uh, just a little bit of everything. And so we're also doing some power skating up in Miramichi. So we're keeping busy and uh, we're looking forward to a busy 2021 with Champions Hockey. That's great. Like, uh, so everybody check out Champions Hockey uh, on this podcast where we talk about every sport, but seeing registration drop in hockey uh, around New Brunswick really uh, saddens me just being a former hockey player. So, you know, get your kids involved in, in playing hockey if they want to, it's such a good learning opportunity for so many things. And uh, you know, champions is a good program to, to get your kid uh, ready for, you know, whatever they want to do, whether it's just having fun, whether they want to, you know, try to make the cue or what have you uh, hockey's never a bad thing to be involved with. Exactly. And one misconception around hockey is that you have to be a star. And, and that isn't the case. Um, we work with all groups, our elite groups, all the way down to our, our prospect series, which are our recreational players. Um, you don't have to be a star. You just have to love being the game. Um, we have so many kids and parents that come up to us and say, you know, my, my kid was playing recreation last year and through your programs this summer, he made an Adam competitive team or a U11 team. And, and for them, that's, you know, that's what they're looking for is to get a little confidence in some, in some kids. And, and as mentioned, you don't have to be a star. It's, we are, we have programs for everywhere from, you know, your elite kids all the way down to kids just looking to get a little more ice time. Awesome. So just so everybody knows about Ryder, he's a new England Patriots fan. So he just roots for the team that always wins everything. Cause he's also a Rangers fan. So go figure. Um, but let's talk about Thursday night. Your Patriots uh, had a rough go. They lost 24 to three to the Rams. Uh, they gave up almost 200 yards rushing. They're now six and seven. Unlikely. They'll need a lot of help to make the playoffs. Uh, where do you stand with your Patriots? Is the dynasty, is the dynasty over? Oh, before Thursday, I was really excited about the game. And uh, since Thursday night, I've been kind of, half dreading coming on talking about Thursday, the Thursday night game, just the way it went. But I mean, you have to give credit to the Rams. They, they are the much better team than the Patriots. Um, they dominated them in every aspect of the game. The, just from the start, the Patriots could not stop the run. 
Akers was running for seven, eight yards of carry and the Patriots couldn't do anything about it. And it made, it made the life for, um, for um, Jared Goff real easy because he didn't have to throw downfield. So when he doesn't have to throw downfield, it makes it real easy for the Patriots or for the Rams. Um, the Patriots dynasty, I, I, I think it's done, man. Honestly, uh, Cam Newton did not look comfortable in the pocket whatsoever. He was making mistakes left and right. And he was a one trick pony. He couldn't, he couldn't throw the ball downfield and he didn't have a, much of a pass protection at all. And he was banged up a bit, but you could tell he was nervous to make plays. He was kind of, Oh, I don't want to get hit. And they missed opportunities in the first half. They had three red zone opportunities to score points and they came out with three points and you can't do that against a good team like the Rams. They, they had a, they had a nice uh, interception and then they turn around and cam throws a pick six. Mm -hmm. And that was basically a turning point of the game right there. In my opinion. Yeah. I mean, when you get down 17, nothing in the first quarter and your offense the previous week threw for 69 yards. I can through for 69 yards. There's no way you're coming back unless you get some real help with special teams, which they have gotten this year, but the, the Patriots, I don't know if it's done. I think they'll miss the playoffs this year. Cause like I said, they really need some help because the dolphins and Indy and even the Raiders are better than the Patriots right now too. Um, but they, they're just missing a spark and cam, is not a great thrower. He never has been, but his weapons are inept. I mean, Jacoby Myers, a former quarterback, uh, Demir bird. They just, they don't have anybody that that's great at what they do. You know, Julian Edelman's been hurt all year, but he's not what he used to be. So I think this really, this bad season falls on bill Belichick because he's the coach, but he's also the general manager and he's given them nothing to really work with. So I love Bill Belichick as a coach and I hate Bill Belichick as a manager. I think they need to make a change and bring someone else in. Um, the last 10 wide receivers they've drafted, they have two still in the league and Nikhil Harry just can't, he doesn't make anything happen out wide. No. Um, as much as you can get on Newton about making plays downfield, he has nothing to work with. Right. Edelman isn't out there and he has no weapons. It's he makes plays and they have receivers dropping easy passes and kind of bring it back to hockey. When you go on the ice with, you know, two wingers who can't catch a pass, you stop passing to them because you know, they're not going to, they're going to miss it. And at that point, it makes, it makes it real easy throwing it back to football as a defense to know Cam's just going to run the ball. You looked at the red zone last Thursday night's a prime example. Cam did not want to throw the ball for a touchdown because he knew those guys were not catching it. And he has no playmakers to get open. And I know we're going to touch on it later. Same kind of thing. Um, there's many teams in the league that just don't have, you know, options to throw downfield with players hurt. Um, and the Patriots need to, they need to draft a wide receiver and they have to hit on their pick this year. It's, it's a must to either in the first or second round to get a top wide receiver or a tight end. And they need to start bringing back their offense. It's one thing to get mad at cam. I don't think cam's the guy, but at the same point you need options downfield to work with. And right now he just doesn't have them. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to evaluate because I agree with you. He just – you could say it's on Cam, which is the easy thing to do because he plays quarterback, which, of course, some of it is his fault. But if you throw him, like you said, with two pylons, well, what the hell is he supposed to do? Like, you can only do so much with, with trash, and that's what he's got. And the fact that they're six and seven is really credit to him and to Belichick as a coach. But as a GM, I, I, I completely agree. I think he's good at drafting the defensive players – but he's always struggled with drafting. I mean, his receiver selections over his whole tenure are terrible. I mean, Nikhil Harry, when you could have had a DK Metcalf the year before he could have drafted, you could have had uh, Justin Jefferson, you know, like, I don't know why he's so afraid to draft them in the first round. It's kind of like green Bay. I don't get it. It's it, it really doesn't make sense. And they knew going into this year that they'd have to get help for Cam and they pass on a Jefferson and you mm -hmm. look what he's doing this year. Oh. And Jeff and it's it's hard to it's hard to, as a Patriots fan to watch when you see Jefferson putting up the numbers he is, you see DK Metcalf doing what he's doing, and you're looking and you're you're wondering, I have to look up half these guys they're putting on the field. I don't even know who they are. Right. Um 
and that's coming from a Patriots fan who watches, you know, who's been watching for 15 years and I don't even know who they're putting out for receiver right now. It's um, the fact they are six and seven. And even before Thursday night had a chance at the playoffs, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I predicted, you know, six and 10, I would have been happy with the six and 10 and they could still go six and 10. Right. But at one point you were thinking, you know, maybe they could make a push here. But as you mentioned earlier, there, there are teams that are just better than them. That's the reality of the situation. Um, they're a 500 team and they got some work to do this off season. Now the question is, do they, they resign cam? I don't know. Uh, I was a huge Jared Sidham fan in college. He, uh, I loved him at Auburn. I think he's going to be a great quarterback, whether they give him the opportunity or not. That's another question. We'll, we'll have to wait and find out. Yeah. It's quite alarming to me that you have three games left and they're still in the playoff hunt, but it is what it is. They know if they finish eight and eight, they're not going to make the playoffs. So why not start Stid just to see what you have? It's kind of like Jalen Hurts starting in Philly. You might as well. I mean, you got games just, I mean, one of them's against the Jets. So take that with a grain of salt. That starts like if you don't throw over three touchdowns in 330, you've, you shouldn't be in the fucking league. But, uh, but give, <laughs> at least give them some reps. Like, I don't know why they're, they're so afraid to, to give him some. So they put him in for the last, I think it was the last seven minutes of the game yeah. on Thursday. And he did look half comfortable in the pocket. He was trying, looking to make passes. Um, but at that point, you know, the game was over. Um, they were just trying to finish the game as quick as possible, get out of there without any more injuries. But I like Stidham. We'll see if they give him an opportunity with these last few games. With Newton only being a one-year contract, Maybe they stay with Newton. Maybe they go to Stidham. But I hope as a fan, they put Stidham in to see what he can do. As you mentioned, just like Jalen Hurts, let's see you know, what these young quarterbacks can do and give them an opportunity. Because if you just don't play them this year, what happens if you don't sign Cam, you bring in you know, a new quarterback, then you still don't know what you have with Stidham. At least give him a couple games and maybe see if he can make some plays and see if he's in the future. Right. And the Patriots opponents was the Rams. We'll touch on the Rams when we talk about the best NFC teams, but just talking about Jalen Hurts, let's pivot to, to Philadelphia. This week on Tuesday, head coach Doug Peterson announced that Jalen Hurts is the new starter for the Philadelphia Eagles. They're three, eight and one. They are in a really bad space right now. They uh, got blown out by the Packers. The, the game looked close. The score looks closer than the game was. It never was that close. Um, but Jalen Hurts, he was great at Oklahoma. Uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, but his first game is against New Orleans on Sunday. That is a tough first start. Um, where do you see this going in Philadelphia? Well, welcome to the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> Your first game and you're, you're playing against one of the best defenses in the league, one of the best teams in the league. Um, Hopefully he gets some pass protection. That's all I asked for. Yeah. Give him an opportunity to, to make some plays. They, their offensive line has been banged up all year. I mean, and it's just been a mess. They've had, you know, as much as you want to get on Carson Wentz, he hasn't had any pass protection either, but please just give him, give hurt some pass protection. Um, Because if you do, he will make plays Um, in college when he was at Alabama, all they were saying was he could run the ball. He can't throw downfield. Yeah. And when he went to Oklahoma, he proved people wrong. He threw downfield. He threw for over 70% of his pass completions and downfield over 20 yards. He threw 32%, which is a great number for a college quarterback. So hopefully he's able to go downfield. I think he's going to take some shots. I mean, what do they have to lose now? They're three, eight and one with the win from Washington last week and the win from the giants. Yeah. It's basically over for Philly. I don't see them winning the division that have to win out and hope for Washington or the giants to lose, you know, two of the last three, but you know, let's be honest, Philly's not winning three straight. And if they do Jalen hurts, you just won yourself a starting job next year. So we'll see what happens. I, I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's got potential. Um, hopefully the offensive line gives him some protection and Philly's D strong. So hopefully they can keep them in it. It's uh, I, I like, uh, I don't like Philly in the game to win, but I hope hurts uh, has a good start. Yeah, if any, I don't see Philly winning the game either, but at least it's more compelling. I mean, who thought before the year we'd see Taysom Hill against Jalen Hurts? I mean, that that's just an interesting game, but your point about the O-line is, is dead on the money. I mean, they've allowed 53 sacks this year. 
53. Like Carson Wentz has got to be beat, beat to hell because he, you watch that game against the first half last week. He looks afraid. Like he, he knows he's going to get hit and he's throwing the ball and wide, right, wide, left. And he's just, he's so tentative in the pocket because he knows that he's going to get hit. And the only thing that Philly could really say is going to help them with Jalen Hurts is that he can move better than Carson Wentz. So even if they can't protect him, he can get out of trouble more easy. He can pick up yardage with his legs. So it does create a new variable for Philly to possibly make the game a little more interesting than with Carson Wentz. Absolutely. Um, just coming from a hockey guy, you tell you know forwards, dump it in the D's corner and go finish your hit finish your hit. You do that for the full game. By the end of the game, they're not going to want to go in the corner. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with, with the Phillies quarterback, you know, look at Wentz. He's getting hit sacked seven times, got sacked seven times last week. Why would you want to stand in there in the pocket and try and throw the ball when you know, you're only going to get one or two seconds. It's, it's hard to make a play. Don't get me wrong. He has not had a good year at all, but when you're getting sacked that much and getting, taking that many tackles, you don't want to stand in there and throw the ball. Now, like you said, with Hertz, he can run. You know, he has the legs, he can escape. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what they do, whether it's play action, whether it's shotgun, how they go about their scheme. Hopefully Doug Peterson can give them something to work with. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sold on Peterson. I think this is his last year in Philly, um, especially if they keep Wentz around. If they keep Wentz, there's no way they can bring Doug Peterson back. Those two do not see eye to eye. I really don't. I wouldn't want to see them in a room together with no one else there. I don't even think they talk to each other. I think they'd sit on one side of the room and the other side of the room and not say a word. I, I don't know whether they bring Peterson back. If they do, I think you have to trade Carson Wentz because those two do not work together. Yeah, I don't see them. I think, like you said, it'll depend on what we see from Jalen Hurts, but I think we could see Carson Wentz back next year just because of his contract alone. I mean, if they were to cut him, it's almost $60 million in dead cap money. You can't have that on your books. And who's going to take his contract? I, I don't know. Like a desperate, maybe the, I heard like people talking about the Colts. Maybe because Frank Reich used to be his offensive coordinator when they won the Super Bowl. But he's, I mean, they got, if they make the playoffs with Phillip Rivers, maybe he'll, he'll come back. I mean, I don't, the guy's got nine kids. I wouldn't want to sit at home. I'll tell you that. I do, I'd do anything to get the hell out of there. So, yeah, I think Doug Peterson's on his last legs, and I, I agree with you. You see them on the sideline. They never communicate. They're, Carson Wentz seems like a good guy, a good teammate. You saw him clapping for Jalen Hurts when he got his first touchdown pass. But those two need a separation, and it's, it's inevitable that it's going to happen. Yeah, and saying that I do think it's going to be Peterson gone because Wentz, how high they drafted him, how much money they're paying him, it's a pride thing where if you draft someone that high, you want to see them pan out. You want to give them every opportunity because it looks bad on an organization. If you know, you let him go, especially, you know, he was an MVP candidate a couple of years ago. Yeah. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. That's what, and, and now it's just, you know, there's, there's a mismatch there. And maybe if they bring in a new coach, maybe a new offensive coordinator that could completely change his game. All right. You never know what can, what a new coach, a new scheme can bring to things. He also needs to, you know, work on his foot speed, needs to get in the gym, needs to stay healthy, but back to uh, Hertz, it would be great to see him go out and, you know, put on a show and maybe win one or two games down the road, down the, the stretch here and, you know, give the organization some, you know, some tough choices to make, you know, the better he plays, the better it will be for Philly as an organization to see what they do next year. Um, I don't think he's going to go out and have a stinker of three games. Hopefully you get some pass protection, but I think if they can, they're Carson Wentz will most likely be back, but hopefully Hertz plays well enough that Wentz is on a short leash next year. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And Carson Wentz, the way his career is going, it kind of reminds me of Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck went first, Carson Wentz went second, but Andrew Luck, his first three, four years in the league, the Colts did not invest in an offensive line. And he was getting so many injuries. He, he had like a ruptured kidney twice. He had a broke 
they had to have shoulder surgery, collapsed lungs. Like he was getting the hell beat out of him. And then by the time, by his second contract, they finally gave him an O-line. But he made the decision, you know, year year and a half ago, whatever it's been now, I don't, I want to be able to function when I'm, you know, 50. And the way it was going, I think he, Carson Wentz, the amount of hits he's taking, he could be on a really similar trajectory to, to luck. Exactly. If to me, if you're, you know, going out and taking a first or second overall pick and you're saying, this is our quarterback of the future. How do you not bring in the pieces to protect that asset? You know, if your assets, the defense, and build a strong defense. But if your asset is your quarterback and you say this guy's the guy of the future, you have to protect them. Look at Especially Cincinnati. as a young guy. Absolutely. Look at a young guy who, you know, doesn't know the league yet. You need to bring in pass protectors. Mm-hmm. You know, Cincinnati is a prime example. They draft Joe Burrow first overall. They say he's going to be, you know, the, the face of the franchise, the, you know, the savior of this team, but yet they don't bring anyone in to protect him. And he's gone after six games. And it's not his fault. He's getting hit all the time. You have to bring in pass protectors. And it makes no sense to me how teams, you know, take a quarterback first overall. And then next thing you see, they draft, you know, DB, safety, linebacker, when they they're, they need offensive linemen to protect them. No, it, it's mind boggling because it seems so simple. I mean, me and you were just talking. These guys played football, no footballs, supposedly. But or or if they don't, at least if you say, OK, we don't have an offensive line. We know that. Let's draft a running back. So at least our quarterback doesn't have to throw 50 times a game, which is what Joe Burrow was doing. And then he tears his ACL, MCL, and LCL. Like, no kidding. If he's getting hit, that if he's getting hit, it's not even sacks, Matt. It, sometimes it's just quarterback pressures, quarterback hits. You get If you throw the ball and you get pushed to the ground, well, that's not fun. I mean, you got to get up every time, and it's it's just – it's so many hits. It's body blows. It's like a boxing fight. Eventually you'll wear your opponent down. Exactly. You need, you need a run game. In the NFL, you need to run the ball. You know, it might not be flashy. It might not be pretty as a, as someone watching the game, you know, everyone loves seeing those 50 yard passes, but you need to rush the ball to give your quarterback a break. You know, don't make them every play have to think, you know, I have to look through my reads. I have to make a play here. It's on me. You know, basically they're, when your quarterback's throwing 50 times a game, you're putting all the pressure on him to make a play every single time. Like you have to hand the ball off, you know, minimum 20 times a game. And some teams just don't do it. And it's put so much pressure on their quarterbacks to make plays. And it really, especially for a young guy, it's not fair to them. You know, you're, you're already asking them to do so much to begin with. Why are you asking them to do more? Yeah. They don't know any better. They're going to hold the ball longer than a season pro because they don't know, like they're still learning, you know, Tom Brady, he's the perfect example. He knows to get to get the ball away. He throws it away a ton. So does Aaron Rodgers. These guys know how to avoid getting hit because they've been there, done that. So it'll be interesting to see how Jalen Hurts fares. I mean, I I like to see running quarterbacks. They see they're becoming more and more popular in the NFL. But he needs to know too that when it's not there, it's not there be a Kyler Murray in slide or just get down and take a two yard loss other than, you know, try to play hero out there. Absolutely. Sometimes it's better to throw the ball away, take second and 10 than to take a hit or, you know, pick six, you know, don't try and be perfect out there, especially hurts these next few weeks. Don't try and make that perfect throw. If it isn't there, you know, do what you can, you know, put a ball and put the balls in positions for players to make plays, but don't try and be a hero, you know, do, do what got you there. You know, you're in there now, take advantage of it, but don't try and, you know, don't try and save the season these last three games. Just go out there and play your game. And if you do that, good things will happen. Right. So you can catch that game. That's the 530 game on Fox on Sunday. Um, two, one of the two o'clock games that we're going to be talking about here is a real interesting game. It's between the Buccaneers and Vikings. Uh, the seven and five Bucks against the six and six Vikings. These two are on really different trajectories. Uh, the Bucks started off their season six and two. Everybody was like Tom Brady, Tom Tom. He's forty three. He's the man. Well, they're seven and five now. So you can look at those two records and say they've lost three in a row. They're coming off a bye. And then on the opposite side, the Vikings were one and five. They look dead to rights. Kirk Cousins, again, just looks like the whipping boy in Minnesota. 
but they've turned it around and they're, they're a solid team. Um, so coming off a bye, Tom Brady is 13 and four in his career, which is pretty damn impressive. But Matt, the Bucks just seem to be missing something or there seems to be a disconnect somewhere. So can you pinpoint watching that team where, where you see the, where you see the uh, disconnect? So with the Bucks, I've uh, I've watched most games this year. As you can see, I got uh, TV 12 behind me here. So I'm a pretty big Brady fan. But as you mentioned, it just, they seem like they're missing something. Seems like there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, Tom's brought in all his friends. He's got Gronk. He brought Antonio Brown. And he has, he, and it seems like he just wants to throw to his friends. Um, Mike Evans, just, you'd think Mike Evans before the season would have blown up and could have, you know, could be the biggest wide receiver in the game this year. And he just, it hasn't happened for him. Tom just really hasn't thrown the ball his way that much. Um, Godwin, you know, Godwin's had some good games. He's also had some questionable games. Um, They just, they're just missing something. I don't quite know what it is. Honestly, sometimes you watch them and, you know, they throw up 40 points a game, 35, 40 points and everything's rolling. And then the next game they throw up three. It's really weird. And their defense is strong. They've, they have one of the better defenses in the league. They haven't let up hundred yards on rushing yet this year could happen this week against the yeah. Vikings. I don't know. Could be interesting with Delvin cook. And if he goes off for hundred, that's going to be the key to the game. Whether the, to me, whether the Patriots can stop the run. If I'm the Vikings, I want to try and run the ball all game, kill the clock, keep Brady off the field. But the other thing is the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay doesn't have a rushing game either. Talking uh-huh. about rushing games, they bring Leonard Fournette in and, Fournette's talking about how he finally has a quarterback to work with, with the start of the year going off and how he's never had a quarterback. And I think he's averaging about one yard to carry. It's, it's embarrassing watching Fournette out there. What a, you know, talk about a guy who went from the, you know, being a top rusher in the league to, I don't know where he is now. He's just lost out there. He has no jump in his, in his runs at all. Um, But Tom, this is a game for Tom to really show whether he still got it or not. This is a must win for honestly, for both teams. This, if the, if uh, Tampa Bay loses this, they could easily, you know, not make the playoffs, which is crazy to say the way they were at six and two. And as you mentioned, the trajectory of the Vikings, it, they have just as good a chance to win this game as anyone. I think the Vikings could go out and make a statement. We'll see what Kirk Cousins does. He's a, uh, I love, he's an interesting cat there when they love him, they love him. And when they hate him, they, uh, they hate him. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, it'll, it's going to be a great game to watch. I'm really looking forward to this one. This is going to be one where, you know, if you're a football fan and you want to pick one game to watch this week, this could be the one. Yeah, I, I agree. And what the Vikings, like you said, the Bucks haven't given up a hundred yard rusher. Dalvin cook is a uh, second in the league in rushing first in touchdown, uh, rushing touchdowns, but the guy is just a flat out stud. I mean, he can do everything. He can catch the ball to the backfield. He can run the ball down your throat if you let him. But the Bucks, the Bucks are so good against the rush that it might come down to Kirk Cousins, which always worries me because I don't trust him. Um, he's when he's on, he's fantastic because he's got Thielen and Jefferson, who are both great. You know, Justin Jefferson, he's a rookie out of LSU. We mentioned him earlier. He's got more receiving yards as a rookie than Randy Moss. Like that tells you all you need to know. Randy Moss, you know, Hall of Famer. So I think they need to play like the Rams did Thursday night against the Patriots. Run the ball, control the clock. If you can control the clock, then you put the pressure on old man Brady to score quick and score a lot. And the Vikings defense isn't what it used to be but they also can still pressure the quarterback. And like you said, for the biggest thing for me, Matt, is the Bucs don't have that safety valve out of the, uh, out of the backfield. Leonard Fournette has had eight drops in his last three games. Uh, Rojo drops the ball a lot too. Uh, Ronald Jones. He doesn't have that James white. He doesn't have that guy that he trusts just to pick up, you know, dink and dunk, just chuck it down when nothing's there. And they should have addressed that at the trade deadline or before the season. One thing about Tom Brady, never count him out. He, he oh. could go on a run here and take these guys all the way to the end. But as you mentioned, one thing about Brady, he loves the second and six 
pass. He doesn't mm-hmm. love the second and 10, the third and 10. And they've had no rushing game. So he gets up there at second and 10. And Tom does not like looking downfield anymore. He likes those quick, easy passes. He likes the James White passes. He likes getting four or five yards. He likes, you know, third and two. But right now, the Bucks, if you watch them, they have so many times where they're second and 10, third and 10. And that's not Tom's game. He doesn't like having to make those, you know, those long passes, kind of like how Aaron Rodgers can go out and make those third and 10 passes look, look easy. But they didn't address the rushing game. That could come back to bite them this year. And throwing it over to the Vikings, as you mentioned, I love Adam Thielen. I think he's one of the best players in the game. He's exciting to watch. He can make plays after the, after the catch. Um, Jefferson as well, just so exciting. Is he exciting. the best I wish white was... receiver in the game? There's a few of them. Cooper Cup, man. Cooper yeah. Cup is uh, is quite a player too. Um, he's made me some money this well. year. Cooper Cup, uh, Cooper Cup is a good, there, there's a couple of them, but uh, between Jefferson and and uh, Thielen, they have two great players right there. Two amazing playmakers. I wish I'd see Jefferson in a Patriots jersey, mm. but can Kirk Cousins make the plays? As you can, Kirk Cousins make that last throw. I think it it's going to be a close game. I, I still like Tampa Bay, especially at home, but Kirk Cousins, if he's on, he's on. But as you mentioned, if he's off, it could, it could get ugly early, especially if the, if Tampa Bay gets up, if Tampa Bay gets up and it forces them to throw the ball and force Cousins to make plays, we'll see how it happens. But the best thing for Minnesota would be to, to score early and then be able to run the ball and kill the clock. If they can yeah. kill the clock and keep Brady, keep Brady under, you know, 35 attempts passing, then I think Minnesota has a really good opportunity to win this game. Yeah. If I'm the Vikings, something you don't see before the game is the coin toss. Cause it always comes, it's always before. I think it's so important and it's underreported because if I'm the Vikings and I win it, I'm deferring and I'm giving Tampa the ball first for a couple of reasons. Number one, you can try to get a stop, but even if they score, at least, you know, you're down seven, you don't, and you're getting the ball next. So, you know, you get it in the second half, the Vikings, if you can stop them, then you get the ball. Then you can run your offense. If you, it's just, you don't want to get down to this team because then Cousins going to feel the pressure to, to play well. But also I don't trust them on a first drive to score. I don't want him to have that, you know, to be out there first. So of course it's, it's all luck. The Bucks could win it and defer, but I just think it's something that's not talked about where it could have a huge, it could have huge dividends on the game. It, ha- it did for the Patriots for 10 years. You're completely right. It's can Minnesota's defense make a play early? Can they stop Tom Brady going down the field and scoring early? If they can, the Vikings can go out and make plays. Kirk Cousins, he is an enigma where, when it's, as you say, when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad. Uh, the guy loves playing football. He makes a 10-yard pass and he celebrates like he wins the Super Bowl. It's fun to see. But when uh, if he has a bad game, they're going to be coming for his head again. The media... Will be coming for them. The Minnesota fans will be coming for them. But if they win, they're going to write Kirk Cousins Super Bowl champion here mm-hmm. because they think it, it swings that much. It's crazy. But we're uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch. We'll see what happens. And I do like Tampa at home, but I think it's going to be a close one, and uh, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, and the Bucks. It's important for them because they want to. They lost three in a row coming off a of bye. The good thing for them is they got Atlanta twice and Detroit on their schedule. If you can't beat them, you you know, Atlanta may get them once just because it's a division game and you never know. Like those games are always tighter for whatever reason. It's just the hatred or, you know, it's always going to be close. But the Vikings with Arizona right on their ass with a, with a similar record, they need to win this game. But I absolutely, I, I think the bike, the Bucks find a way to squeak one out. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a big game for both teams, but with the schedule for Tampa Bay, you think they get minimum two of the last three, especially Atlanta twice. And you know Detroit, we know what Detroit is They're They're, uh, they're not very good. And I know your, your interview with Adam beer with beers last week there, yeah. he has a lions fan. He must be uh, having a tough go, but yeah, Minnesota, they have so many teams right on their heels, especially Atlanta. Kyler Murray's getting a little healthier. And if Minnesota can win, I think they make the playoffs. If they lose this game, I, I really – I think it's going to be tough for them. Yeah, no, we're in agreement there. Um, so, 
let's talk about probably the worst division in the history of football. It's right there. The NFC East. As of now, <laughs> this is so crazy. The New York Giants are first in the division at five and seven. They're tied with Washington at five and seven, but because they've beaten Washington twice, they have the lead. Then's the Eagles at three, eight, and one, which, <laughs> and then America's team, which is the Dallas Cowboys, which is such a, a joke of, of a nickname because I actually think America's team's probably either the Packers or New England, but that's a debate for another day. Um, so looking at these four teams, who's the best team in the NFC East right now? Not looking at who they're playing down the stretch, who's playing the best football in the division right now? The, the best football, in my opinion, is the New York Giants. I think that Washington has the best defense, mm-hmm. but I don't think that they're playing the best football, even though they just beat the Steelers, who are undefeated, which is a great win. That win comes on the heels of their defense. I think the Giants are, are rolling, honestly. It's weird. It's crazy to say, mm-hmm. but that win against Seattle is massive for them. And the fact they beat Washington twice, as you mentioned, that that could be the difference. That, that may be, just be the difference. May very well be, yeah. Which it's a, it's a, it's not the best football to watch. Take America's team, uh, Mike McCarthy, full oh, man. Oof. His play calling this year has just been. They I, there was one game I was watching. They had two times they went for fourth down in their own on their own twenty five up four points. Yeah, against, against Washington, right? Against Washington, go yeah. for a fake field goal or a fake a fake punt up down four on their own twenty five. That had to have been the worst punt, fake punt I've ever seen. How do you it run 10 terrible. yards behind the line to gain on a fake punt? It made no sense. It may, it really did, didn't make any sense at all. Um, but throwing it back to who's playing the best, I'd say the Giants. Um, but Washington's also playing well. So I, I really do think it's going to come down to the head-to-head matchup between Washington and the Giants. And the fact the Giants won, I think that could be the thing that pushes them over the top. Yeah, I think New York's slightly better and i do agree with your point i mean they beat them twice so you're always going to win that tiebreaker so that means washington would have to finish a game ahead of the giants to win the division but i really love both teams have great defenses and they have all year i'll give them these two teams credit over the eagles and dallas at least they compete they play hard every week like the giants should have beaten tampa bay on monday night like that was a game where tampa was lucky to win that one you know, we saw Washington beat the Steelers. We, uh, we've seen Washington play uh, Baltimore really tough this year. Like, they're these two teams give an honest effort every week, and I can appreciate that more than the Eagles and the Cowboys, who the Cowboys have given up in, like, three games this year. They're flat out. Against Arizona, they gave up. Against Washington on Thanksgiving, they gave up. And then this past the Baltimore, they shouldn't have even shown up. I mean, they almost gave up 300 yards rushing. I mean, come on. The Cowboys this week just looked terrible against Baltimore. Baltimore didn't do anything special, but they didn't have to do anything special. No. Dallas was a complete tire fire, and it really has been the whole year. And going into the season, you know, most people pegged Dallas to win the division. And, you know, I didn't know where the division stood. I was kind of leaning a little more towards Philly at the start of the year. Yeah. And But now looking at it, I think, I think it's uh, the New York Giants division to lose. Even though, even though if they're tied with Washington, like that head-to-head makes uh, makes a big difference. But Washington's D, the way they're playing, their D could steal them, steal them some, steal them a win or two down the road here. And you know, Kirk Cousins really hasn't done, or not sorry, not Kirk Cousins, um, Alex Smith. He hasn't really done anything special, but he really hasn't needed to. Hopefully, he has a game where he steps up and goes off for 300, you know, and puts it on their puts him, puts the team on his back and can win them a game. And it would be awesome to see him, you know, go out there and win them a game and not have the defense have to go and do it. Yeah. So looking at this division at the team's games. So Dallas has this weekend, they're at Cincinnati, they're home to San Fran against the Eagles. And then they finish against the giants. How many wins do you see them getting there? So since he's getting one against Cincy, I see them, I, I see them beating Cincy. I mean, 
who knows, you know, you'd think they could beat Cincy, especially with Joe Burrow being out. Mm-hmm. I see them getting one. Um, they are divisional games coming up towards the end there. So you never know, but I, I think they get one, two at the most, but right. they could, I mean, if they, if they lose to Cincy this week, I don't think they win their game the rest of the season. Okay. Eagles versus New Orleans at Arizona at Dallas versus Washington. I, I don't think they win, even though with Hurts in, I don't think they win these next two. They mm-hmm. might grab a divisional win at, towards the end of the season. But as mentioned, it's just, they're a tire fire too. Both them and, yeah. between Dallas and Philly, it's, it's, there's just, you know, they're at the same party right now. They're at a party that no one, no one else wants to have. It's just the two of them hanging out and no yeah. one wants to go be their friend at the party. So, so you see them finishing four, 11 and one? At bat, yeah, maybe five, 10 and one, but. Okay. They, they don't get six wins this year. Okay. Washington at 49ers versus Seattle versus Carolina. And then they finish at Philly. So see Washington's schedule, I think is a little tougher. Uh-huh. I don't That's know. 49ers at the they end. Could, here. <laughs> they, they could lose. They could lose that game to the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they have to beat Carolina. Yeah. It's a must win. Yeah, must win there beating Carolina, but yeah, it, you know they could go, they could go. I think two and two, two and two. If they go mm-hmm. two and two, I think they have a chance to win the division. So they win uh, the last they, two, lose their next two. They they need to go minimum two and two to win the division. I think they have to go three and one, but you cannot go one and three. You need yeah. to at least get two, but I think they need to win three to win the division. And then we go to the Giants. And they got a schedule versus Arizona versus Cleveland at, at the Ravens versus the, at, I mean, at Dallas, sorry, finish the year. Yeah. So that's, that's a tough way to finish off. Um, yeah. That's, that's the saving grace for Washington is the fact that the giants have such a tough schedule to finish. Um, that's why if Washington can even go two and two, they may squeak in because yeah. that for the giants is tough. I think they have to, they have to win this weekend. You know, as crazy as it is to say, I think if they win this they weekend, win. they can put a, yeah. they can put a stranglehold on the division. I think if they win this weekend, I think that they win the division, but for them minimum, I think two and two, they have to beat one of those teams that are better than them. You know, realistically, mm-hmm. you know, three of the four teams are better teams than them. They have to win a game as, as the underdog. As crazy as it seems, I almost look at these team schedules and it's so it's anti-Semitic, but Dallas could still win this division because since he, I think they're going to beat like Brandon Allen or Ryan Finley, they'll beat them. And since he doesn't have a run game, so it's not like they can chew them up. You know what I mean? They got Gio Bernard, uh, Joe Mixon's out. So then San Fran, San Fran's good, but do you really trust them to win? Like, it's kind of like, they're kind of like Dallas. They're kind of stuck in the mud kind of, you know what I mean? Um, they, they don't have their, you don't have Kittle. They don't have uh porn star, Jimmy. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they could easily beat them, but who knows? And then the, the big game for me uh, is the Eagles against the Cowboys. Cause somebody has to win that game. And yeah, it's at Dallas. So I think they could somehow sneak away with it. But again, I agree with your point about Washington. All they have to do is win one more game, I think. Because if they have six wins and it say Dallas beats Cincy, beats San Fran, and beats the Eagles, and they go three and one in their last four, they'll have the same record. But Washington's beaten Dallas twice. So it's crazy that how much those games mean the, the head to heads in this yeah. division. <laughs> you know, we're looking at these teams that, you know, five wins, six wins, you know, we're looking at their head to head to see if they can get in. It's, it's just mind blowing to say, but with Dallas, you, like you said, you look at that roster, you look at the teams and you're like, wow, they should, they should go three and one here. Yeah. You know, they really should. They should, they could go four and oh, you're looking at the, the yeah. roster, but yeah. it's been such a tire fire there this year that, you know, I'm not betting on them. You know, I'm not, I'm not no. putting my money on them to win a and game. That, and that's the thing. I, I trust, I trust the, I agree with your point. I trust the Washington and Giants defense more than I trust the whole, uh, the whole team in Dallas. 
Like the Washington front alone could probably get them a win. Like their front, their front, their defensive ends and their nose tackles are so damn good. Like Chase Young, Kerrigan, Sweat, De'Aaron Payne, Jonathan Allen. Like they may have the best defensive front in football. I completely agree. They're definitely one of the best and they could win them a game. And like I, I it's going to be Washington or, or the Giants, in my opinion. If the Giants win this week, I think they really have a good chance. If they lose, I like Washington to win the division. Yeah, if they Washington beats, like you said, they beat the Panthers. They got to win that one. And if they beat Philly at the end of the year, they'll be seven and nine. Um, so Dallas would have to win win out. But then again, they still have the same record. So Washington would win that tiebreaker. So the Giants, I I think, are the best team, but they're they have such a tough schedule here. They they got to play. A, it's a scary. It's a scary. It's a scary schedule for the Giants. As the Giants fan, I'd be nervous, even though they're kind of in the driver's seat of the division. I'd still be nervous that, you know, I mean, one, you got to cheer for Washington to lose. Yeah. Really, you're, you know, you don't really. You're, yes, you're cheering for your team to win, but I think you're cheering for Washington to lose even more. I, I think that's know, more important. You know, if 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 you if it just stays the way it is, you'll you'll win the division. If you have the same record, you win. doesn't matter what Washington does. I mean, I don't think any of these teams are Super Bowl contenders, so I think no. they get in, and I think it's a quick exit in the playoffs. But, I mean, with Washington's defense, you never know. And with the Giants, you know, Jones is starting to come on as a quarterback. I think he's starting to find his groove. I don't. I think they, they're, they make good play calls. So, you know, hopefully he, if he gets a chance to break off for another 80-yard run, he puts it in the house and doesn't, you know, trip at the 10, you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting as much. It's gonna be some bad football, yeah. I think. But it's gonna be interesting to see which team squeaks into the uh, wins that division. That's it. It's so bad, but it's still really compelling because there's so many different ways this could go. Like you look at some divisions, you know where it's gonna go. The NFC North, the Packers are winning it because the Bears and the Lions stink, and Minnesota can't catch them. Um, then you got like this the South. I don't see this unless the Saints just fall off a cliff. The Bucks aren't gonna catch them. Um uh, AFC West, like the Raiders are out, like the Chiefs are gonna win that one. I guess the only other real tight division we could see is the AFC East with the with the Bills and uh, the Dolphins only separated by a game. That's gonna be a great finish, the Bills and the Dolphins between the two of them. Uh how the Bills make out this Sunday night. That's that's the game to watch. That's that's one I'll be tuning game. in for. Absolutely, yeah. it's could be the game of the year, one of them. And I can't believe I'm saying that the Bills could be the game of the game of the year. Um, but the Bills and if they can win this game, they win the division. In my opinion, they yeah. go out and they beat the Steelers. They win the division. Um, Miami's making strides. I think Miami is going to be one of the best teams in the league in a couple years. They still have so many draft picks. They're they're still young. But if the Bills can can win this game, Josh Allen, he is a fun quarterback to watch. Um, he's got some weapons. Beasley, Diggs, you know, he's got some weapons there. Um, their defense is pretty strong. If they can win this game against Pittsburgh, then uh, I, I think they take a stranglehold and win that division. We talk about good – Buffalo and, and Cleveland are always meshed together for being really incompetent organizations. But both have taken really big strides. Buffalo in their hiring uh, – Brandon Bean, uh, Brian Dayball, their offensive coordinator, uh, Sean McDermott is the head coach. Just, you know, Brandon Bean earned a four-year extension this week. Well, acquiring guys like Cole Beasley, who people really wouldn't think of, but he's probably Josh Allen's, the guy he trusts the most to make a catch. Stephon Diggs, he's been a godsend. He leads the league in catches. I mean, when you have guys, when you have a good GM that can help your quarterback, in more ways than one. And I, I agree. We talked about this Monday. We were texting about the game, but just the way Josh Allen's starting to play, he looks so confident. He looks, he's just a joy to watch. And I, I think Sunday night will be a great game. And Pittsburgh, if there's wide receivers, they got to, they better start catching the ball and not dropping it. They get 11 drops in the last two games, or they're going to, they're going to get their blows uh, doors blown off in this game. Well, back to Pittsburgh, 
can they 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 move the ball down the field almost better than anyone, but they cannot put it in the end zone. Yeah. The drops they've had. Roethlisberger's put it in positions for guys to make plays. And even though they have some of the best receivers in the league, they seem to miss plays. Like there were three or four plays last week where it was right in the guy's hands for an easy touchdown and a drop. You can't have, you know, you can get away with it in the regular season against some weak teams, but when you go to the playoffs, you know, you cannot have those crucial drops. And they got to find a way to put the, put the ball in the end zone. And if they don't, if they go out and just get three points here and there on drives, but Buffalo beat them by 21 mm-hmm. because Buffalo can put it in the end zone. So we'll see what Pittsburgh can do uh, up front, but uh, back to Buffalo, you got to love their team, how it's made up. I wish they had a little more at the tight end position, Yeah. but, and the running backs, you know, they're not great, but they do what they need to be. They do They do what they need. You know, they yeah. get to 50 yards for Allen. They give them a little bit of a break and they're Buffalo's a fun team to watch. You know, they, they're taking over that division and it's going to be interesting. I think they win the division regardless of if they win this game this week or not. I, I still think they're better than Miami. Yeah. Miami's going to lose to the chiefs this weekend. So they'll still be, Miami still be a game behind. Exactly. Miami is not beating the chiefs this weekend, in my opinion. Um, because with one team only getting the bye, I think the chiefs, Chiefs know that if they win this game, they can they can take that take the uh, AFC. Yeah. So I think the Chiefs I think the Chiefs go out and just you know show why they're the Super Bowl the reigning Super Bowl champs against Miami this week. But uh, but I back to the game between Buffalo and uh, Buffalo and Pittsburgh. I I like Buffalo at home. Yeah, me too. I I really do. I I, I can't believe I'm saying this as a Patriots fan. Yeah. But I like <laughs> Buffalo. Like, get me a table. I'm going off the top of my SUV right through it this week. Yeah. For the Buffalo Bills. No, I got the Bills winning too. They're just they're just riding a wave right now, and Pittsburgh's on that downward slide, and they're just they're thirtieth in the league in rushing Pittsburgh, and that's gonna kill them. I think again, especially against good teams, like you said, you can beat the garbage Cincinnati Bengals, but when you got Buffalo who can score in two plays, because Josh Allen can throw the ball 80 yards down the field, you need to convert when you have chances. And Ben still doesn't have that uh, red zone receiver that he trusts. And that's a real problem when you're in week 14. Absolutely. Um, Chase Claypool's having a great year for them chase he's a notre dame alumni i'm a notre dame fan in college football so hopefully he can look for him a little bit he likes him down the field but he doesn't like him in the red zone you know if you watch chase claypool's touchdowns they're all from you know outside the 40 yard line him going deep but within 10 yards they like you said they don't have that one guy that he knows that's where the ball is going and their thing they don't have the running game so it's very easy for a defense in the red zone to to cover receivers they don't have to press because they know the ball is not being rushed Mm -hmm. so and We'll see how it goes. I like Buffalo, but uh, it's definitely going to be a great Sunday night football game. Absolutely. And as we wind down here, who who's the best team in the NFC right now? The best team? I I like the Rams. Honestly, I, I like the Rams. I like what they did over the during this past past Thursday night. I'm a big fan of Cooper Cup. I'm a big fan of Robert Woods. They've uh, I bet the overs on them almost every week and they seem to hit almost every week, but their defense is strong too. I mean, look at what Donald does. He doesn't get the recognition, even though, you know, he could be the MVP of league this year, which is crazy. Even though Mahomes is Mahomes is going to be the MVP. In my opinion, Mahomes or Rogers, I think it's going to go to Mahomes, but Aaron Donald, he just, every game he makes plays happen on that defense. He is, he just, he's a beast. Um, The question is for the Rams, you know, they have a healthy Cam Akers now. He's kind of their starter. They haven't really played him much this year. If he can go out and do what he did against the Patriots and keep running the ball, that's going to be great to see in the playoffs. I know my roommate has Cam Akers in his fantasy, and he had a big uh, big Thursday night for him. Now the question is quarterback, Jared Goff. Can he just play simple? Can he make simple plays, not try and be a hero? Because if he tries to go be a hero, you know, he's going to make three, four interceptions. You know, it could easily happen. But if he just plays the way he played Thursday night, they could go far. Um, now the Saints getting a healthy Drew Brees back at some point. There's a team right there that they could easily, you know, go far. I wouldn't count Tampa Bay out, you know, with my with my boy Tom Brady there. You never know what the old man River can do, and you got to give him. Uh, you got to give, you know, even though they're they're kind of a questionable team, you can still say with 
you know, he can take them. He's he's done it with the Patriots. He's carried average Patriots teams to the Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm definitely I'm leaning towards the Rams myself. Yeah, I if the Rams had say like a Ryan Tannehill instead of Jared Goff, I probably pick the Rams because Tannehill, since he's come to Tennessee, you're not a golf guy, eh? You're not. No, you're not God, a golf guy. God, no. Uh, what did he ever do to you, Jug? Well, he just stunk it up. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I love the rest of the team because their receivers are more selfless than any other team in, in football, and it's not even close. And Cooper Cup and Robert Woods actually block really block some receivers pretend like they block and they don't these guys on Thursday night they blocked almost every play because Jared Goff they they didn't have to run or if he did he threw it five yards behind them uh but I'll still say the Saints I'm banking on Drew Brees coming back um I just think top to bottom the roster's pretty loaded I think but I, I I'm with you that the Rams have the second best roster in the NFC if they had a better quarterback, they'd have the first. Aaron Donald is – he's when he's playing, he's a Mack truck in a field full of uh, smart cars. Like, he's just a, a machine. So – but I'll take the Saints just because I think – I trust Drew Brees even with some crack ribs over uh, Jerry Goff. The other team I still wouldn't count out are the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they go – to the Super Bowl, but in saying that, you know, Rogers has something to prove this year and he's shown it. He's normally a slow starter, not this year. The fact that they took love last year in the draft has lit a fire under that guy's ass. You know, he might not talk to his brother, but he sure talks to his team <laughs> and and he's making plays this year. You know, if it wasn't for Mahomes, he would be the MVP candidate. He would be he would win the MVP this year. And I wouldn't count him out. He can make plays. Even on a bad night, he can still be a, a good quarterback. But mm-hmm. Jared Goff on a bad night, he's a bad quarterback. Yeah. So it's going to be Rogers' brother on The Bachelor. Rogers' brother won The Bachelor, and it came out that he does, they don't talk. They haven't talked in years. So yeah, I wouldn't talk to him either, loser. <laughs> on that show. Oh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I've tuned in once in a while. You're serious? Hey, you know, you got to do what you got to oh do when you're, when, when, when you're, when you're, when you're dating a girl who loves the show, you got to turn in and tune in and watch the show. No, but in up. saying that I'm also single right now and I still tune in once in a while. So oh. let's move on. So the dating thing is just a facade. I don't think you ever had the girlfriend. <laughs> <gasps> Next question. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's go through, through some game picks for this weekend before we uh, close up giants Cardinals. Just a lot of games this week are close. I, I I want the Giants to win, but I like the Cardinals. I like the Cardinals by I like the Cardinals by touchdown. Yeah, I think it'll be a tight game too. Arizona's lost uh, three of the last four, but Larry Fitz will be back. I think he's not a big play receiver anymore, but he still makes a difference. And they're at home. I think they'll edge them out, but that's a pick 'em for sure. Um, Chiefs Dolphins. I like the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, how can you not like like the Chiefs in this game? The Dolphins are getting better as an organization, but I still think they're not they're not there with the Chiefs. They're Chiefs by ten. Yeah, Chiefs Chiefs will roll. I agree. Uh, this one on paper doesn't look close, but it kind of interests me a bit. Titans Jaguars. Man, you know what? The Jaguars have lost a lot of games this year, yeah. but a lot of close games. You know, especially lately, they've been they've been keeping it close. I don't like them though. Not in this game. Yeah. Not in this game. I like, you know, after last week, what happened with Tennessee, they need to win. Yeah. Derrick Henry could have a big fantasy day this week. Um, I could see him rushing for a ton. He usually does against the Jags, but like you said, they play, they play good football. I mean, they lost to Cleveland by two, lost in overtime to Minnesota. So they'll probably give them a run in the first half, but then Tennessee will, will break it up a bit. Colts, if I'm a Raiders. Jets, if I'm a Jets fan, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm cheering, I'm cheering hard for Tennessee. No, cheer for the Jags. Cheering for the Jags. Sorry, cheering for the Jags to win. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, I'm yeah. cheering for the Jags because yeah. you want that first overall oh, pick. Yeah. yeah, the Jets are cheering hard for the Jags. On pro line, you're hammering the Jags. <laughs> you're hammering the Jags. You're you're hammering the Jags. Not even a cover, but you're hammering the Jags to win outright. Yeah, outright win. <laughs> uh, another huge game in the AFC. 
Uh, Colts Raiders. This is going to be uh, this is a make or break game for both teams. Yeah. You know what are the Raiders? You know I'm I was starting to believe in the Raiders until they had that stinker against Atlanta. What oh. an embarrassment that was. Yeah. This is I. Philip Rivers is getting healthier. He had turf toe there a few weeks ago, and it was bad. I like I like the Colts. I like the Colts in this one. It's going to be a close one. But I like the Colts. Yeah. The, both teams know they're going to win, so they'll both bring their A game. But DeForest Buckner will be back for the Colts. Rivers has played pretty well this year. Uh, they got a g- decent run game. The Raiders, Josh Jacobs hopefully will play, but he's still questionable. I'm going to go with the Colts too, just because they're they're a little bit better than, than Vegas. Just a little bit. But Vegas, give them another year, so they'll be a good team too. John Gruden there, Chucky. Can the Colts win the big game is the question though. Yeah. Can they win the big game? It seems like in the big game, they, they struggle to win. They seem to lose. They seem to be, everyone talks how they're a good team, but they can't win the big game. I think today is a big, or this weekend's a big game. I think they do squeak out a, maybe a three point win. Yeah. Packers at Lions. Gee, I, this is one I will not be tuning into. If, if no. the Packers don't win by 21 points, then you know, it'd be surprised. I, I like the Packers to just roll the Lions. Uh, I don't want to hammer on the Lions, but, you know, what a what another tire fire that team is. You know, it's yeah. n- new coach coming in, you know, the last couple. will be interesting to see how they end up the rest of the year. But I just – I like the Packers by it to cover. Whatever the spread is, the spread could be 18. I like the Packers to cover. Yeah. Yeah, they're – Packers will win. Just the Lions – but it would be so Lions for them to win this game because then they'll think they're back in the playoff hunt and then they'll get like the 16th overall pick when they could have had one in the top 10. Like this is, that's, it smells like a Lions just, you know. <laughs> the Lions are that team that finds a way to win a couple down the stretch every year. That mean nothing. And they, they, and that mean absolutely nothing. And they, they go from having maybe the fourth or fifth pick overall to having, you know, the 13th pick overall and, They've done it now for the past, what, seven or eight seasons in a row. It's, yeah. they, they're just a mediocre, not even, they're below mediocre team. Yeah. That's not a terrible team. Yeah. And last one, this is the Monday night game, but another uh, good game this week, Cleveland and Baltimore. This is going to be another great game. We're going to have a great Sunday night game and a great Monday night game. Yeah. One of the first times all year that we can say we have a great Sunday nighter followed by a great Monday nighter. Um this is to me this is a pick them but what can if the if cleveland can win this game they are gonna you know really i know they they shut a few people up last week they're really gonna take a take a stand and say we're here and we're a team and you should you know not call us the old the old cleveland and we're just another cleveland team we're not the the browns of old this is a huge game for them and on the other hand on baltimore they could still miss even though yeah even though they, even though they won, you know, they beat a bad team last week, you know, even though they, they look good, they beat a bad football team. So what can they do against a good football team? No, I'm, I'm still not sold on Lamar Jackson. Um, he just, I don't know, he, he, even though he throw, threw for a hundred and what, 110 yards last game, like he just doesn't, he can't really move the ball downfield. If Cleveland can stop, th- stop him from running the ball. I mean, I know it's a tough thing to do. He's the, he's the MVP of the league, but I, I kind of like, I can't believe I'm saying this. I kind of like Cleveland. I, yeah. we'll see, but you know, go Browns. Yeah. I told beers last week, Cleveland's better than you think. And they won. So I look smart. So I'll take that pat in the back, but they're winning this Monday. They're going to win it. Uh, I'll talk about this again after the weekend. We'll preview the game, but Cleve, I like Cleveland. If they win this game, they book their ticket to the playoffs. Um, They'll be 10 and three, which is crazy. That's astonishing. And then they got Pittsburgh the next week on Monday night or uh, Sunday night, or it's, it's another, it's another game where it's a primetime game anyway, but it, there's some good football coming, but Cleveland's just got it all. They got a great run game. They got when Baker can play like he did and he's played good all year. This misconception that, you know, all last week, he had all this time to throw the ball. Well, he won another <laughs> eight games before last week like they're a good team so i think cleveland it'll be i agree with you, a tight game division game you never know it might just be a, a fumble that could cost the game and i trust nick chubb to keep it under his arm more than i do uh mark ingram or lamar jackson so 
Browns ten and three. I where's the dog pound? I wish I could be in the dog pound right now. Once the fans go back, that that place is going to be bumping. It's crazy. Two of the two of the you know most exciting fan bases, the Cleveland Browns and the Buffalo Bills. Oh. They finally have these winning teams, and they can't. And we have no fans, no fans in the stands. It's the 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 tailgates would have been amazing this year between those teams. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we, next year we can get back to having fans in the building in, in those like, you know, hopefully closer to full capacity, but you know, it's, it's exciting if you're a Browns fan, but I mean, but as much as we say that they're not the old Cleveland Browns, you know, let's see what they can do in the playoffs. If they get in, let's see if they can win a football game in the playoffs. They should be in. Let's see if they can win a game in the playoffs. Yeah, no, a, a lot of things still to come four weeks left in the NFL, but in this league, four weeks, so many things can change week to week. Everything changes, but, um, uh, no, I had a great, great show today. Uh, writer, thank you for joining me. Um, where can people uh, keep up with what you're doing? Uh, social media, different different outlets where they can uh, keep up with what you're doing. Absolutely, Jug. Thanks for having me on. It's nice to get a little break from talking hockey. I normally am on the phone talking hockey five, six hours a day on the ice every day. So it's, it's nice to kind of you know show I'm not a one-trick pony and mm-hmm. talk a little football. Um, looking forward to the college football games today. Uh, I think Notre Dame takes it all the way this year, baby. Fighting Irish, play like a champion today. But you can find, you can go to championshockey at gmail.com if you're wanting to reach out, wondering what we have coming up. Or you can go to championshockey.ca. That's our website. Check out all the programs we have coming. We also have Instagram page and Facebook, Twitter. Um, for myself, if you want to find me, you can catch me at the rink. You know, I spend you know, quite a bit of time at the rink. And uh, thanks for having me on, you know, hopefully do it again down the road. Uh, Good luck with all your success. It's fun listening. And uh, yeah, it's great to talk some sports again, buddy. Awesome. Well, uh, once again, thank you to uh, writer. Thank you writer for joining me. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, I'll be back Monday to recap the, uh, this weekend's games, but until then have a great weekend and we'll talk soon.